0: You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle dawes Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I am your host, Michelle Dosbert, and as always, look at me. I'm smiling. I can't stop smiling. I'm super (laughs) excited to be here. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Atlanta, Georgia on a Sunday afternoon. And I'm happy because I got somebody in the studio with me again. I'm so happy. Today's show is powered by Kai Alsay Eyewear. Yes, yes. We're going to talk more about that towards the end of the show. Also powered to Today, today's show is for the Reclamation uh, Project. I am one of the sponsors, and we're going to talk more about that at the end of the show as well. But I just wanted to give those a quick shout-out. Thanks to all the new listeners that are checking us out. give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We're all about creatively collaborating to connect and raise awareness regarding issues that impact women. And we do it by way of community service public speaking, mentoring, and workshops, and we do it by the arts, this platform right here. I'm so excited. Today, (laughs) Today's topic is all about all eyes on Ash. My guest today is Ash Lauren. Hi, Ashley.
1: Hey, Michelle. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. How are (laughs) you?
1: I'm good. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank
0: you so much, because you are a very, very busy individual. And yeah. so I'm so thankful <laughs> that the stars aligned and our schedules worked out, that you were able to come this afternoon. But I Definitely. want to kind of jump right into it, because you have a lot of material I want to cover you know, okay. as, as an artist. Born and raised in Detroit? Is that the case? Tell me what's yes. good. Yes. What, uh, what up, do?
1: What up, though? <laughs> what up, though? Um, so I was actually, I was born in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I actually grew up in a suburb of, of Detroit called Rochester Hills. Okay. So born in Detroit, grew up in Metro Detroit. Um, kind of like maybe Gwinnett County to Atlanta. Ah, so, so like yeah. a
0: north thing of Exactly. Of so okay. it's about...
1: 30 minutes north of Detroit. Okay, Okay.
0: so how was it growing up in that area as a kid? How was it? Well, I mean, it was great.
1: (laughs) I mean, my parents are both born and raised from the city, from Detroit, and uh, I was born in the mid-'80s, and um, around that time, you know, Detroit's got a little edge. Yeah. So, um, you know, my parents worked hard to, you know, move us outside of the city, and, you know, I got a great education. I had a beautiful childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, It was also important to my parents to keep us, you know, rooted to the city, uh, being that, you know, we were born there and that's where they're from. Mm-hmm. So we definitely, you know, went to church every Sunday in Detroit. My grandparents still lived in the city. Yeah. So um, it was cool. It was cool to kind of get the education and all like the luxury of, You know, growing up in the suburbs, but I also appreciate how my parents wanted to make it a point to have us like still, you know, be rooted in, you know, as Detroit people. Yeah. 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 We're
0: proud to be from Detroit, too. And we'll talk more about that. I want to talk a little bit about your musical influences as a child. What kind of music did you listen to, Ash, growing up? I listened to
1: a lot of different music growing Mm -hmm. up. I mean, I'd say I got into electronic music Mm -hmm. probably around eighth grade. Uh, Prior to that, I was listening to like the Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Brandy, Christina Aguilera. (laughs) I was really like obsessed with a rock group called Bush for a while. So I was kind of into a lot of different sounds Mm -hmm. early Mm -hmm. on. I was really into Erica Badu. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll say around eighth grade, is when I really started to learn about electronic music Um, and I was learning about that through uh, my older sister Mm -hmm. uh, Ann Marie Mm -hmm. so she was the one that had kind of exposed me you know to the more left field like underground like dance music sounds and once I got exposed to that, like it really, really, you know, mm. took t- took an interest yeah, to me.
0: Yeah. yeah, was it difficult to find that un- that type of underground sound? Being that Detroit was the Motor City with the Motown sound, and you know, more d- people think of Detroit at least. Most African-Americans are black people. Yeah. We think of Detroit as, you know, Aretha, the Stevies, Barry Gordy's, just that whole soul evolution. Did you find it was difficult to find that sound that your sister shared with you?
1: Um, I mean, you know, well, techno started in Detroit, but still, even to this day, it is not that's not common knowledge in Detroit the way you would think it would be, um, especially with the black community, like you said. Um, So it definitely was an underground culture. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I will say once I started, you know, finding more, you know, about dance music through my sister, I did realize that there was some electronic music that I had been exposed to on the radio on wjlb but i didn't know like specifically like who underground resistance were was who model 500 was but i was hearing that music Mm -hmm. literally since i was like eighth grade you know (laughs) whenever you know probably even before Mm then i you know don't remember but it definitely was interesting when it all started to kind of make sense like you know the music she was listening to and the party she was going to that was like all of kind of some of those sounds I had been hearing on the radio, um, and I just, you know, wanted to find out more. Um, It definitely wasn't, As accessible as it is now you know because we have the internet and there's like youtube and there's so many different tools um but i'd say the way i started really digging for electronic music was actually going to physical music stores um at that time like harmony house record time uh, were some record stores i was going to back then in detroit were you
0: sneaking into parties with big sis too Yes, I was definitely <laughs> sneaking into
1: parties. Um, and, you know, obviously, these were raves. So yes. I don't think they were really carding for raves. Right, right. But I was, you know, in eighth grade. So you knew I was, year. you knew I was a kid. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I used to go away to, uh, to the city, my sister was going to Wayne State, which yes. is in Midtown Detroit. Uh-huh. And my mom would let me go visit Big Sis, you know,
0: visiting, e- visiting Big Sis uh-huh. in her dorm. Uh-huh. And uh,
1: yes, yeah, my sister was like 19. And she was still young herself yeah. uh so yeah i was tagging along she definitely took me to some raves and then once i got a little older once I, like i was in my like uh you know 18 19 that's around the time where i started venturing off to some events on my own right right yeah.
0: Right, right, yeah. right so because we love detroit i know you love it um that's your home your family's from there you've had some great growing up cultural experiences there how did we get to atlanta That's a great
1: question. Um, I got to Atlanta because, uh, so my freshman year of college, Mm -hmm. graduated high school 2003 um sounds like a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: about to stop saying the numbers it it is. Is. <laughs> so,
1: graduated high yes, school <laughs> uh, went away to college for a year at Morgan State University nice. in it Baltimore is. so I went to a black college yeah. for a year okay. and um which was a great experience and uh, I got to even kind of check out some of their like Baltimore club music scene uh-huh. when I was there which was cool uh-huh. um but basically, I went there for a year. Um It was really, really expensive with the out-of-state tuition yeah. and everything on my yeah. parents. So we had decided for my sophomore year... I was going to move back home and go to school mm-hmm. um, at Wayne State in okay. Detroit.
0: Like sis.
1: Yes, okay. like sis. Um, but when I was at Morgan, sorry, for, when I was at Morgan my freshman year, my roommate was from Atlanta. Okay. And me and her became like really, really close. Okay. So did the freshman year. I went back to Detroit. She actually ended up going back to Atlanta probably for like, I think it was like the same reason. Mm-hmm. Just out of state tuition was really expensive. Mm-hmm. So me and her kept in contact. And, you know, I was like, man, I want to come to Atlanta to visit you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think by the time I finally made it down her, there to visit her, down here to visit her, mm-hmm. it was right around my twenty first birthday, or, or it was my twenty first birthday. Oh, the yeah. Turn
0: up began. Okay. Yeah. So
1: I turned twenty one. I think I went to Miami first, and then I went to Atlanta because yeah. um, at the time there was this uh this uh, airline called Airtran. Yep. Airtran, oh, and they had a rate. Uh, called X-Fares. So x Fairs was like if you were 18 to 22 years old, you could fly standby to anywhere that they went for like 50 or 60 bucks. (laughs) So yeah, I think I flew standby to Miami, did that, and then uh, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Atlanta next. So... Got to Atlanta and me and her hung out. Her mom was living in Snellville. So Mm. she was living out in Snellville with her mom. We were driving literally like from Snellville, going all the way downtown Atlanta, like hanging out. And I just was like, wow, Wow. I was just so hooked.
0: Uh Uh I was Uh like, Uh all
1: like the nice cars were had like black people driving them. Like it was just like a certain type of prestige, like to the black culture Mm -hmm. here. And I, I really, really liked that. Um, and you know, this was still—I mean, what like 2007, 2008? Yeah. So there wasn't really a lot going on in Detroit at that mm-hmm. time. And you know, I was 21, yeah, so was ready. I literally just saved up a little bit of money and I moved down here the summer of the, the
0: 2007. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Did you start school? Continue your education? No, year? I forgot to add that yeah. part. I dropped
1: out. <laughs> I ended up dropping
0: out of school, so uh,
1: which ended up, you know. When I look back on it now, it was okay. Yeah, um, yeah, But yeah, so I dropped out of school, came to Atlanta, honestly, with no like super inset plan. I was just like, I'm 21. Like rent was so cheap. Yes,
0: it You was. know,
1: like I had yeah. a cousin that was going to Clark at the time. Yeah. So me, my cousin, and then my homegirl who I used to be roommates with, yes. we all got an apartment off Collier Road. Yes. 900 bucks a month. So it was three hundred. My rent, my rent was three hundred dollars. So I was like, I'll be able to come up with three hundred. Yeah. So
0: and Collier's a good location too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like it was still like a proper Atlanta yes, address. It sure. Was. Um, so yeah. Wow. So that's how, that's I got how here. that
0: happened. That's what happened to all of us, Ashley. You. Yeah. I mean, realistically, we. Live with our parents, and we go away to college, and we meet friends, and we have this relationship with people. And for whatever reasons, their road leads to Atlanta, and that's the first thing we say. When I get it together, I'm coming to visit you.
1: Exactly what happened
0: to me? I visited a friend of mine that I went to college with, and she was down here living with her brother. And I, I didn't want to come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I had a good yeah. time. It was something about the air, the way people were moving, just, yeah. I was like, what is this black Mecca? This is exactly. crazy. This is ridiculous. Like, everybody's like saying hi. I was like, they're talking to me. Right? I was touching
1: my back. <laughs> the bed. sun like, is out every day. The every day. I was like, what the hell is going on?
0: I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to New York. Yeah. And I went back and I worked for like six months or so and I met her brother and he was like, I want you to come be with me. And I was like okay. Ooh, so. Really? You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah, and I moved down, and I've been here ever since. That's beautiful. Atlanta's been good to a lot of us and it creates oh, a definitely. lot of opportunities and you meet a lot of great people. So now that you're here and you're yep. roomating, you're off Collier Road, what was the scene like for you guys? Like, were you all doing like dance music, electronica? What's happening? Yeah, up,
1: so this is another interesting part of my, of my story. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I was into like electronic music yes. in, in high school and through my sister and then I would mentioned I had found out a little bit about the Baltimore Club music mm-hmm. sound when I was Mm -hmm. in Baltimore, moved to Atlanta, could not find the house music scene at all. Say that again.
0: Say that again. I could not find find the scene. That's how underground it was, Um, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: And I will also say... You know, at that time, I was kind of transitioning into kind of like, a, you know, because my homegirl wasn't like a house edge. She okay. was more on like the black Hollywood scene. Okay, okay. So we okay. were going to like Velvet Room. Um, I went to Visions, yes. uh, Club, 112. <laughs> Club 112. So I got my experience of that black, ho- you mm-hmm. know, black Hollywood yeah, kind of like yeah. hip hop, you know, uh-huh, Atlanta scene. r b whatever. Um, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I used to Google. You know, but even then, like at that time, you know, Google was around, but it wasn't like, you know. There wasn't all these Facebook groups like it still wasn't extremely accessible because I would try. Mm -hmm. I would be like, man, I just want to hear some house music. Um, So for I'd say for like the first three or four years, didn't have anything. Yeah, about maybe the first three years. And then in 2010, I was out drinking with a friend of mine that's from D.C. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to invite my uh, my homeboy from Detroit. We I was go. like, okay, Here cool. So, yeah, my friend from D.C. that I was kicking it with, he was, like, really into, like, all types of music and whatnot, and we all started talking about music, and somehow house music came up, mm-hmm. and I was, like, telling my friend's friend, like, you know, I've been in Atlanta, like, three, four years now, like, I haven't found any house music events, like, I just need something, and he was like, you ever heard about House in the Park? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't know about House in the Park? I'm like, no. No? So, he told me about it, I went home, I, like, went, you know, they had a proper website, I went to the website, and this was still... Months before. I don't remember what time of year it was. I'd say maybe it was like March or April. So it was still months away. But my sister was also living here by this time. So I was like, I found the house music in Atlanta. (laughs) Like it's called House in the Park. So we literally were like counting down, like Xing off the days, off the calendar, like you know, like Labor Day weekend, like we're gonna do this. Yes. So I remember like that day we got there. This is when it was still at Perkinson Park. Mm -hmm. We got there maybe at like eleven thirty or maybe Maybe like right at 12 when mm-hmm. the gates open, mm-hmm. we walked in. And when I tell you, like, I mean, that one experience just opened, changed you. it changed yeah. everything. Yeah. And I had already been to uh, DEMF in Detroit. Right. I had been to that, but I, you know, I was still kind of young. So yeah. although I knew about dance music and I liked it, I still wasn't all the way engulfed in it the yeah. way I got from that 2010 experience. Wow. So, wow. you know, cuz I did the hip hop thing too and yeah. I just realized like this really isn't for that me for and it? I just wanted to get back in a space and in a community yeah. where I really felt like I could just be myself and in 2010 at House in the Park, that's when everything kind of came
0: back full circle. Oh, how beautiful for you. Yeah. How that's a beautiful thing. I'm yeah. a househead. I'm a hip hop person and I'm a househead. And when I moved here, I was like really bugging out because I couldn't find Yeah. <laughs> The longest. And I was in these relationships, Ash, that they didn't love music the way I loved music. And so I found myself getting further and further uh, away from what really makes up who I am. Yeah. So going forward, just a disclaimer for those that are leaning in. If you do not love music. Please do not holler at me okay? <laughs> because there are certain things that are non-negotiable. And yeah. I really did not find house in the park until I was divorced. Wow. You know what I mean? Okay. So I found it in 2012, 2013. So I was okay. really late to the game. And when I got there, I remembered I literally had a tear. Yeah, because it was so good for my soul Especially to be after a, those years of after being all those away, years yeah. of being Ooh, away, yeah, and yeah. to be in a space with all like-minded people, like just getting their life. That's how I remembered house music, and so yeah. it was just a beautiful thing. So shouts out to the founder and curator of house in the park, Ramon Rousseau, because we love you. We love what yeah, you're doing yeah. and your partner Kyle say, yeah, 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 yeah. And the men that hold you up, right. Yeah. And DJ Kimmich. Shouts yeah. out. All of y'all. So yeah. So we love house in the park. So that changed your life then. Right. So now no,
1: literally like yeah? ever since that time, that's, that's when I realized like that, This is my life's passion. I liked it before, but it was something about that 2010 experience that really, you know, I think I had matured a lot. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, Mm -hmm. finally, you know, almost adulthood. So, yeah, yeah, it it hit different. And, yeah, I'm glad I went. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, and same for my sister, that was also like kind of like the portal of her getting super you know back into the scene right. and interested right. in the music as right. well
0: so house in the park is also it's a great way to meet and connect with other people so i'm assuming that's where you yep. started to find out about yep. I took all the other things right every
1: business card yes. i could because I don't even think Instagram was out. There yeah. wasn't like no, it was like right, literally business cards, uh, mm-hmm. like mix CDs. Yes, people were giving, giving out CDs. CDs. Yeah. So yeah. And then I think maybe like Facebook, I mm. connected with some people on Facebook. Yeah. And, um, from there I went, uh, to Timber Party. Yeah. And then I think I met Salah. Yeah. I met Kai. Yeah. So like it all kind of the rabbit hole just, you know, opened up yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at that event, I definitely was like trying to meet people and, you know, like, mm-hmm. figure out what was going on, mm-hmm. and like, we took, I still have the pictures till this day, but I have a really funny picture of like, I kind of cropped it so you could see how we looked before and after. Because when we got there, we were all cute. Like, we had our hair straight. I had the Gucci purse on. Like, I, was, I was, like, cute, still kind of yeah. on my Gucci stuff yeah, a yeah, little bit. But, yeah. like, at the end of the festival, like, our hair is all crazy. <laughs> we walked to the car barefoot. And we had on flats, but that's how hard we danced. Like, my wow. feet walked to the car barefoot. Like, we looked like we had just been through, like, hell. I but we were, we went through heaven. That was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, it was great <laughs> there was nothing thing. bad about it. We just really danced that hard. And yeah, like you said, just, you know, I, I probably cried that day too, mm-hmm. you know, now that I think back mm-hmm. on it, like after kind of being away from yes. that environment and kind of needing it, you mm-hmm. know, I knew I needed it more than, and I needed it more than I realized yeah. once you're there in the thick of it. You know. It's a
0: spiritual thing, and yeah. you know I know your so, you're, your um current schedule is so busy. I was excited to see you because I know yeah. you had some things going before, and you had some stuff going after. And I was like, "Hey, Ashley, yeah. this is great!" <laughs> because it's like a family reunion; we all get to see each other. In this exactly, kind of and it's, it's wonderful. I want to talk to you about now. You mentioned about you met Salah and you met Kai, mm-hmm. and I wanted to understand like how did you and, and Kai and these guys how did how did you guys like connect? You were just a, a dance at this point or still are you starting to love the music not really touching the needle yet right are you yes
1: so no when i met kai i don't think i was actually like dj yeah Yeah, i I definitely wasn't djing Mm -hmm. and i remember i think it actually will be like 10 years like in a week when i met kai it was at a halloween party at this uh space that was called social resto Uh and uh John Roberts, the drummer, yes. he used to drum. Salah would play. I, I don't know if Kai was playing, but he was there. Okay. So me and my sister met Kai and we were like, we're from Detroit. He's like, y'all are from Detroit? I'm yeah. from Detroit. And I have a picture from that night too. Like, I always remember that's the night we met Kai. I think we may have met Salah before that. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, 20, so I went to house in the park 2010. That's when I got sucked back into it. So that's what inspired me to start going back to Detroit for the movement festival. Mm-hmm. So I had been well, DEMF and movement are the same thing. It used to be called DEMF and now it's called movement. So I had been like when I was in high school, kind of just walking through with my sister, you know, and I liked it. Um, so stopped going for many years. And then in 2011, you know, we, After the House in the Park. Yeah, we were back into it. So we're like, yeah, let's start going back to movement. Right. So 2011 specifically uh, at movement is when I got the idea of playing around with the idea of wanting to DJ. Wow. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you were going back there curating your sound or just trying to just stay in touch with the thing that you love the most?
1: Yeah, I just was still at that
0: point, I mean, I wasn't
1: really plotting on the DJ thing or what I would even play. I just truly love the music. So, I mean, even at this point, I've been like a fan and a dancer way longer than I've been DJ. So even though I was like playing around with the idea, I can't say I was like, oh, I'm going to play this. You know, I just was going out and dancing and just taking notes, really. And the way I look at it now, it's like, I guess – I kinda was like studying in a sense, but I I like it because it was like an organic study. It wasn't like, oh, like what can I play when I DJ or like when I make it. Yeah. I just was like, Oh, this is good. I, I like this. I want to look up and study more music yeah, like this. So it definitely wasn't like me trying to study people in hopes of me no, blowing up no, to be a big no. DJ it was You're just
0: loving music. I just love the music. You, music. you yeah, music. And I want to talk about yeah. more because what I found Really, so amazing about you is that you had an opportunity to host parties at the sound table. Yes. Right? Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that for those that don't know. So, well,
1: I had the residency with Stefan, Mm -hmm. but that was once I started DJing. So I did throw two events. Mm -hmm. They weren't actually at the sound table. Me and my sister threw events under uh, a name called Techno Sisters. Techno
0: Sisters, that's
1: right. So we threw a party. It was close to the sound table. I mean, it was um, I think it's literally like a storage unit now. They tore the facility down. Um, But I think we had Yusuf play. We had this guy named Trace Hazen play like a young kid yeah. from that maybe I found online somewhere. And um, I mean, not a lot of people really showed up. I mean, the parties weren't like that epic, but I mean, it's really cool just to go back now and to see some of the pictures and just to realize that we wanted to contribute something. Yes, You know what I mean? We yes. wanted to contribute something yes. more... Than just, because I think, you know, once we started partying and hand out, hanging out again, we we're like, wow, we love this. We want yeah. to not just be girls at the event. We you want really to host something. our own events right. as well.
0: Exactly. So
1: that is what, you know, we did a couple of those. And uh, one... I think actually we did do one with K Hand at the okay. sound table. Yeah. I forgot yep. about. So, yep. yeah. Yep. And, yep. I, and that was actually before I was DJing. I think I had gear by that time at home. Okay. But I was still very quiet. Like, no one really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it was also cool just to kind of to you know, learn the tricks of a trade a little bit about being a promoter and booking artist yeah. and you know what happens behind the scenes, scenes as well it's
0: a lot that's involved because people yeah. think they could just up and do a party but there's a lot involved in just doing
1: that yeah exactly especially if you're booking an artist yes. like a big artist and Absolutely. you know things gotta be right got you know? to be
0: right yeah and and revenue has to be generated in the sense that knowing that people are gonna come gonna exactly yeah like there's exactly. no guest list tonight it's gonna be very short right. i need everybody to pay because i gotta pay this dj So it's a thing that goes with it, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's an awesome thing. And the one thing about um, our culture, I'm going to speak about house music, the soulful side. We're a little stubborn. Like we're hard to embrace things out of our box or out of the norm. And, And I think sometimes we're like what are other people going to think? Are everybody's liking that? Or I like soul. I like Afro. I like this. And so I think that you coming and bringing techno might've helped some people feel like, wow, I'm not the only black person. Exactly. right? There's other people that's like, I grew up from the Midwest, like Detroit and Chicago. I know that feeling. I know that vibe and I'm here in Atlanta and I'm not getting that. And so it's like, I know people were starting to feel like, oh, okay, I remember this. I All yeah. right, did you start to start feeling Yeah, that? I
1: mean, well, and that's very interesting that you say that because I did start to realize pretty early on that the Atlanta sound is, you know, yeah. like they're very, like, you know, the Afro it's house. It's a very, like, yeah. ugh,
0: like it's, so, it's it's very pocketed and it's, it's yeah. unintentional, yeah. but it's like... So, you're coming to bring something different and like, I want to, but it's kind of like, what would people think if they saw me going to a techno?
1: Yeah. I don't, you
0: know, like, am I supposed to? Am I allowed to listen? <laughs> yes, you're allowed to listen to whatever you want to listen to. Exactly. Right? So, the culture's changed. The culture has changed. Yeah.
1: And house and techno, uh, I mean, go together. Exactly. So, even an artist like Kay Hand, like, she's popular because of her house and techno tracks Mm -hmm. so someone like me I can definitely say like living in Atlanta has influenced my sound in terms of like leaning more so towards the soulful side Mm -hmm. but I definitely have a side of me that can play very left field because not it's not always time to be happy and soulful like you know it could be like some dark warehouse Mm -hmm. late night Halloween Mm -hmm. party Mm -hmm. it may not be time for the uplifting joyous (laughs) Um, so I think you know just overall for any DJ like I mean of course the soulful happy uplifting stuff that's probably what I'm known for most but I definitely make it a point to play other type yeah. of music and other sounds as well because I think you limit yourself also by only sounding one way and mm-hmm. music is so vast mm-hmm. Um like there's amazing good soulful yes. techno you yes. know what yes. I mean like yes. techno yes. made yes. by yes. black people yes. Yes. is yes. good so yes. um yeah I would say like I think it's you know, it's important to yeah. embrace different sound, you know, do, do what you love. Of yeah, course, right. you know, I think everyone has their niche or their lane, but I definitely think it's important also to kind of like, you know, be able to showcase some other sides to yourself as well.
0: And for me to show that I'm, you know, open to growth and understanding because, growing up in New York in the Bronx it was a certain type of sound that I was used to and so for me to go to movement was important right because it opened me up to understand because I was getting tastes and snippets from whenever DJs from Detroit would come and play, you hear and you get that feel. Of course, Kai was here and he giving you a taste yeah. and what you were doing. But it was great to go to Movement yeah. and get that like for you know for a couple of days and then go by the radio station where um, Stacy Hale her her artifacts are in the station okay. and they were doing live broadcast because it was sponsored by Red Bull and it was oh
1: you went, went to the Red Bull studio Red okay, Bull okay studio yeah right yeah those, and I, went and really I was cool. like,
0: wow this is really dope like Very you cool. know sort of be in there and really touch and hear and get a sense of it and it, and it's really good to understand that this music is it's music is good and people were dancing to it and they were feeling good and they knew the words they were singing it was dancing yeah. and it was a great thing but what I really liked about movement too was the offbeaten path parties like the parties were everywhere
1: yeah and, everywhere
0: and while I was up there I was like I'm checking out this young lady right here, and you yeah. had a boiler room opportunity. Yes, that was dope. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, in Detroit, yes, or yes, in Detroit, uh, it, it was a boiler room. The mic mic cover said boiler room. It was a young lady. Oh,
1: okay, okay, I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, wait, which you've, one? I'm like, I just so, deal with- <laughs> You've done so many. You've yeah. Done so so
1: much. that was actually, um, I. What did I do? I didn't. Okay, I DJed a set. Yes. It, it wasn't like a Boiler Room live stream, no. but Boiler Room did host the yes, event, and it was like a DJ workshop slash party. So okay. I hosted a DJ. It was actually really cute. It was cute. I hosted a DJ workshop for like some young women, like from Detroit, mm-hmm. that were like maybe like teenagers and younger. Nice. So we did that, and nice. then I did a set, yeah. and that was at L Club yeah. outside. I do remember outside. you were there. Now, yeah, I it's coming outside. back to me. Yeah, Sorry, it was really
0: nice. It was a really nice turnout. It was very comfortable and casual, but it was great. Yeah, like a daytime
1: kind of like chill. Yeah, yeah. But I
0: took honor being able to see you play in your home city. Like, how often do we get a chance to to witness that? Exactly. You you know, you were in your element, you were in your vibe, and it was just really great. And it was a lot of females there supporting you, and guys were bigging you. It was a great little, nice afternoon that I had to watch you, and you just were gone. And people were... (laughs) You were just in the zone. You just had on your Vans sneakers. You were like, yo, I'm doing it. Yeah, you had a good time. It was a really good experience. So so do you try to get to movement every year? I know we talked about it in the green room that this year was virtual, but do you? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been
1: going back every single year since 2011. Yeah. Yeah. I went for the first time in 2003 and I went in 2004. Then I took, you know, I was... know, in my little own world for a while. So yeah, 2011 was when I started going back um, and in 2019 is when I started doing, uh, the underground and black, yeah. uh, movement party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, it, you know, the second year would have been 2020 that got canceled yeah. 2021. It still wasn't quite yeah. time yet. Yeah. Um, but I do have like the, uh, venue and everything locked for 2022. <laughs> so, and we're going to go, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if, if everyone's still available, um, it will be the lineup that I had for 2020 yeah.
0: that got canceled. Nice. So, nice, so. nice. I'm I want to go into your bedroom because I want to talk to you about when you were bedroom DJing. You was in the bedroom, you're DJing. Mm-hmm. you DJ DJing, giving us a snippet here and there. What cracked it for you, Ashley? When did you say, I don't really, I'm ready to come on out and start DJing? When did that hit for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Like when I was ready to get out of mm-hmm. the bedroom? Yes, I don't know if it was me. It was more so, uh, like someone just offered me an opportunity for a gig. Yeah. So I had been practicing on my home, uh, at, on my own at home for at least three years before I got my first gig. Um, I think I did, I did a DJ session with Kai. Uh, me and Stefan, uh, were always kind of practicing. And there was like a few other people who I practiced with. Mm-hmm. Um, you always like to give people their props because, yes. you know, sometimes it gets weird. There's people who feel left out, yeah. you know, but <laughs> there was a lot of people, you know, yes. that, that did help me. Yeah. And I, I'm very grateful and appreciative. Um, but I also was, very just practicing like on my own at home, just kind of like imagining myself like mm-hmm. one day I'm going to be out there. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, once I got a little more comfortable, I had put my very first mix on SoundCloud and mm-hmm. Vicki Powell who was my neighbor, um, who's been DJing in Atlanta. She's like a legendary queer woman DJ, um, like founder of the deep South collective Mm -hmm. that I'm also a part of. So I don't even remember how I figured out that me and Vicky were neighbors, but we didn't know for a while And her condo was right across from mine. So excuse me, we somehow figured out we were neighbors and we were friends on Facebook and I think she had saw, I posted my mix and she was like, I checked out your mix. It was cool. She was like, you know, um, You know, I think you should come play with me sometimes if you're ever ready. So we had talked about it, and she invited me to unofficially open an event at this place called Heretic on Cheshire Bridge, which is like a legendary like queer Mm -hmm. club that's Mm -hmm. one of the last standing ones kind of in that realm that's still there because, you know, that neighborhood's changing so much. Um, but she invited me to play Heretic and there wasn't a fly or anything, it was just like a low-key like mm-hmm, practice, mm-hmm. which kind of I wanted too, because yeah. I didn't know if I was ready to be like, hey, my first gig so she invited me, I remember I got there and um, I don't remember if like, maybe her Uber or something happened, like so she was late Ooh. so I ended up having to play like longer than I was supposed to, but I was like killing it <laughs> Like, it really was kind of coming together. So when I got there, she was like, this is really good. Like, play a little longer. So I played a little longer. And then I think maybe the next month, she officially booked me for an event. And uh, they promoted it. And not long after, they invited me, uh, or she invited me to be a resident DJ with uh, the Deep South Collective. And from that point... Once Vicky invited invited me to be a part of That's Deep it. South, like, yeah, everything was messed up. She started hooking me That's up it. with, like, a lot of her people yep, in yep. other states. Then other people that I knew were like, yep, oh, yuck, you're yep. out here now. Gone. Ash yeah. gone.
0: And it was, it was
1: also interesting. Stefan always calls it the perfect storm. Yeah. But, I mean, it really was because I had already invested so much time in dance music, so I had so many connections. Yeah. I knew a lot of people. and. I liked that, too, because I wasn't getting to know people of, like, oh, hey, I'm Ashmore. Yeah. Like, I was just a girl on the scene. So, again, like, <laughs> it definitely worked. And it was also a time where people were starting to get into the whole female DJ thing, yeah. even though I hate that. I don't like I don't, to use we that don't like term. That. We don't, we don't it, like that. But that also, you know, helped me out. And it still yeah. helps me out because yeah. I realize people are still trying to, you know, reach that quota. They yeah. want to include more women. Yeah. Um, but that said, I do know that all of my uh, opportunities have been presented to me because I'm a talented individual, not just because I'm a woman, but there was a lot of things in the universe that aligned Mm. for me to become successful. Um, so I'm just very, very grateful just for the universe and for God and the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like this
0: conversation worked out because I want people to understand that this wasn't a fly by night thing for you. Exactly, you always love music. One, yeah, one. I went
1: to my first rave when I was fourteen. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so that's important. yeah, I didn't just jump and on the would, bandwagon. Right, and yeah. you
0: had been practicing home quietly for years for before, three years, and no before, one, no, no one people, knew. No one knew. You were like, eh, I to no get one a one little peak. You, it wasn't even that. The needle would be on the record. You might just say, I like this track, and you show a little bit of it on Facebook like just that didn't tell us you were deep I actually have
1: a video that I randomly found that I put on YouTube of me practicing in like 2013 it's still up and I was like I'm not even going to take it down because it's so funny it's so funny to go back and look because I remember yeah I used to like write my sets down Yeah, I used to just put a lot more into it than what I now it's kind of more natural it's a feeling
0: now Yeah, I remember when you came to me, you said this was uh, it was greenhouse, I don't remember the year. And I was walking by, he said, Hi, Ashley. You he said, Hey, how you doing? Do you like? was on the grass by yourself, just having a little time to yourself. Yeah. And you said, I got this mix, I want you to listen to it. Oh, okay. And I said, Sure, <laughs> I grabbed my heart, I was like, Sure, I'll listen to it. And I thought it was really good. Thank you. I thought it was good. I responded, yes. I listened to it, and you hit it to, gave it to me in the DM of Facebook or something like okay. that. And I resp- I listen when people give me a mix, I take the time to yeah. listen to it because to me that's very complimentary. They think enough of your opinion or just you exactly just catching the vibe. Give them, do them a solid. Listen to the mix, and so I listened to it. And I thought I was like. She's out of here. <laughs> when they, when people find out how good you are, it's going to be a wrap. And sure enough, you. you're gone. Like, you're, right? doing, you're doing your thing. That was, like, years ago.
1: Yeah. So, it's, I'm a very, very, like, nostalgic person. Yeah. So, and I always save artifacts. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It takes, sc- like, yeah, there's just a lot of things that I even come across now where I'm, like, wow. Like, yeah this was all kind of meant to be. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. Like I didn't really realize it back then, but it's just like, now that I look back on it, I just realize like a lot of my life was kind of prepping me to be where I am today and where I'm going. And so it's very, very just affirming, um, especially for someone who dropped out of college. Um, I've had every job in the world. Like I've worked, so I've worked in the hospitality industry. Mm Um, I took a course on teaching English, English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at a car dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've just worked mm-hmm. so many jobs. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, it's cool to finally, you know, in, you know, in my 30s to be at a point where I finally kind of figured out what I want to do with my life, what I'm truly good mm-hmm. at, and what is finally working.
0: Yeah. You do speak well. Um, thank you. You do, thank and you. <laughs> you have a very sexy raspiness thank you. to your voice. You do voiceovers too on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a I very. Get, I get sexy, that sometimes. Yeah, you got a sexy voice, and the whole thing's like, "Hi, hey, Michelle, how you doing?" I'm like, oh, your voice is raspy. <laughs> it's good, and you're you just you're just a, a beautiful package inside and out. Thank you. I want to talk about how you. I see sometimes periodically, and I don't. I'm not stalking. Don't judge me. <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't come on you guys don't judge it come to algorithms it comes through. we, we all do it and <laughs> I see it come through and so you're writing you do articles for different people yes. and things contributing yes. editors and writers talk to me a little bit about that that's exciting
1: so journalism was actually what
0: uh-huh.
1: I went to school for you see you see? so I was a broadcast journalism major see? um I have been writing I was just, like, a super hardcore, like, journal person wow. in journals. But my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, who passed away uh, in twenty early 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she was my inspiration. She was a journalist. Uh, she worked for the Michigan Chronicle. She was the woman's editor, and that is uh, the black-owned newspaper right. in, uh, if you're familiar with, like, the uh, Chicago Defender. Mm-hmm. Yes. so historical black-owned newspaper in Detroit that's still there to this day, still going. Uh, yeah, so my grandma was a journalist. So it's interesting because I feel like writing and journalism was in my roots because my great-grandfather, uh, her father, actual, uh, actually owned a newspaper called the Hannibal Registrar in Hannibal, Missouri, where my grandma grew up. So they were reporting news to the black people in the community. Wow. So... It's definitely kind of in my DNA. Um, So, yeah, I was writing in high school uh, and I kind of, you know, stopped writing as much. I had like a kind of a period of time where I wasn't writing. But I started my blog in 2017, which is Underground and Black. And I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but I started Underground and Black to talk about my experiences as a black woman and some of my issues just yes. as a black person yes. in, you know, in the industry, yes. in the community. And it's so interesting now because I'm like, oh, like my great grandfather, they were reporting okay. to the black people in the community. Okay. And I'm kind of doing that in the in sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I started my blog 2017. Um, a lot of people really, really were liking the blog uh, mm-hmm. because uh, it was at a time where I was just really, really being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I will not lie. Yeah. like I'm not as vulnerable now as I was then. Okay. Some of the th- topics and things I would touch on at that time, um, yeah, I was just more comfortable with being vulnerable, but mm-hmm. I think it resonated with a lot of people mm-hmm. because You also have to understand, like, being new to a craft or being new in the music industry, like, it's not always peachy keen. Like, my journey has been beautiful, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I haven't had trials and tribulations or haters or just whatever. Right, right. So, you know, I would talk about those type of Mm -hmm. things on my blog. Mm -hmm. I would also talk about good things, Mm -hmm. but I was realizing like the posts that people really liked or you know would give me feedback the most on were the ones where I was just like going through some yeah, excuse my friends ones. shit yeah, yeah like yeah, going through yeah. some real stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah so um so yeah underground in black it started out as the blog and I still updated and not as much yeah, as I used to. to um I'm in a weird space with the blog because, again, like it was my space to be very vulnerable about some of the issues and things that I've gone through. And I don't know. Sometimes you just don't want to be You're as. Yeah, I'm in a different space. I won't lie. That. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll just call my sister or talk to my peers about some of my trials and tribulations. I'm not mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. open to talking about everything. Um But that's not to say that I won't continue to update it, yeah. you know, because they There's other types of content um, on there as well. Um, And also I do freelance for, Mm -hmm. um, I freelanced for uh, Resident Advisor, uh, MixMag, I'm going to forget, Beatport, like Uh a lot of different music publications um, I freelanced uh, for, and still am. Um, I'm definitely more so on my DJ path, um, but I'd say like 2020 when we were on like lockdown Mm -hmm. and, not as much touring. I definitely, you know, was writing a lot more, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was good and is also affirming because it's cool to do something that I've always done. Yeah. Because before music, it was writing. So yeah. those are the only things I've ever really been passionate about or said I, you know, really wanted to do and, and meant it. Um, this is a beautiful story. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like this I'm working on something right now. Well, yeah. I just had a pub. I had a piece published um,
0: last week. Yes.
1: So I'm still writing. Yeah. 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 You did have Not piece as on much, but team. I'm still doing. You it. You are because yeah. people are
0: asking for you for your talents to come out and write. And yeah. for those that are listening, and really can't see. Uh, Ashley's a beautiful person. You know. You. So I can only imagine some of the. Challenges or opportunities that you might have come across when you first started because sometimes, Ooh. as women, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Um, they don't look <laughs> at us intelligent and smart like you had to have done something with someone to get where you are, that part. to get the doors open and blah 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 blah. And I think it's very important that people understand that you're so smart. And you're so intentional in what you're doing and that you can articulate what you want. Exactly. And so that the people that are working with you see that in you. It's not because of some other thing or fantasy exactly. or anything like that. It's because they see your drive and they see where you're trying to go. And there are some, some people in your life, in your circle today are really genuine in trying to help you get to where that is in your life.
1: Exactly.
0: I sense that in your yeah. tribe. And I'm talking about the Stephans and the Kais and the people that I know here in Atlanta yeah. that I see that are part of your community that are really like, yeah, we believe in you. No doubt. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and, and that's so important because I think sometimes it's easy for us to focus on the haters yes. or people who... Yes don't like what we're doing mm-hmm. but i Where's realized she
0: come from where she comes yeah exactly she come from? Uh, exactly yeah. Uh, where is she? she came out of nowhere doing this what she's on the bill with vicky yeah, yeah
1: so i and i still get into those modes mm. where i'm like too focused on who didn't say something or who did say right. something that was negative okay. but okay. like you said when you have a a community or not. Yeah. I don't want to call it a team, like a, just literally a family, family. a family and a community family. of people around you that support you and want to see you win. Yeah. Um, it's best to just focus on that that's because it. there's way more people. I mean, what I've realized there's way more people that I have that support me exactly. than don't. So if you got like five or 10 people, even if it's 20, like, yeah. Oh, well that's yeah. fine because you got a hundred people that care if that's not more, right. you know what that's I mean? Right, right. So I think, whenever you're new to something and you become maybe successful before people think you should, or they feel like they wish it was them or whatever may have you, or they don't think you're good, you know, that that's always there in any industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think as long as you had those people that support you and believe in you and that you can talk to and want to see you win and you're, you know, confident in your skills and what you have to offer all the other stuff just doesn't matter.
0: Was there ever a time Ash that you said, F it, I'm not doing this. I'm quitting. Nope. Good for you.
1: No, I've never said that. You never said. Oh you no. I'm <laughs> I mean, Even if I do find out there's someone that doesn't like, I'm like, oh, oh well, because I ain't going nowhere. Said, oh no, oh, oh, no. <laughs> you
0: never wanted to quit, like no, Good
1: no, because I've quit too many other things in my lifetime. Yes, right. But also, I'm just so affirmed in this journey that quitting isn't an option because that would make me sad.
0: Because yeah. I love it. I love it too much. You love it too much yeah and i want people to take this and wherever you are in your life and apply that like if this is something you're doing that is so passionate like if you were not doing it, it would break your heart Then you can't
1: quit. Yeah, I mean, and to just be able to live your passion is literally like one of the the most beautiful life experiences that I think I'll ever have. Mm. Because I've been on the other side. I've worked jobs that I didn't like, or I was trying to figure it out, you know, on the internet, what can I do? Should I go back to school? Mm -hmm. Should I do this? You Mm -hmm. know, should I just try to get married? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the type of things you think about. You're thinking
0: about yeah, is somebody especially gonna, when you're is somebody yeah. you going to help me when I'm married? Right, exactly. Am baby? I just going to get
1: saved or what? Because I got to figure something out.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so luckily, you know, I figured it out, and like, yeah, I'm like literally, you know, DJing full time, supporting myself, yeah. working towards you know some personal goals of mine. Yes. Uh, so you yeah.
0: quit with us publicly on Facebook. You was like, I quit my job. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm a full time DJ. I think when was that? Like. Two years, a couple of years ago?
1: Well, this is another interesting story. I got, I got a lot of stories about this, but this it. is a good story. So in February of 2020, yes. I left my full-time job because, mm-hmm. like, DJing was starting to get really busy. I was traveling. It was just hard to, like, I was doing stuff like traveling to, like, play a gig in London and then, like, literally flying right back, having my car parked at the airport mm-hmm. and driving my car to To work. work. So stuff like that was just getting crazy and like, yeah, I wasn't able to take as much time off. It was just the time for me to leave. So February of 2020, um, I was working for us foods as a sales coordinator, which was honestly a great job. Like if I was going to do the corporate thing, I guess that was that a was good, I was maybe a good company, you know? It. Okay. But again, it wasn't my passion. I was sitting at a desk all day. yada, yada. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I left my job in feb- late February of 2020. And on March, maybe around, maybe March 10th or 11th, I had a big tour over in Europe. Yes. So I had this big tour planned I had like literally the biggest Europe tour I had done. Everybody sent me well wishes. Yes. You know, I left my job. They're like, go live your yes, yes, dream. Yes. Yes. Go over there, girl. Got to Europe. COVID hit. Whole tour got canceled a day after I got there. Because remember, it was yes. like, it, was, it went from, like, not that serious to serious, like, yeah, overnight. overnight. So even when I was flying over there the day before, like, it wasn't like, oh, your gigs are canceled, don't come. Like, no. there was maybe a little bit, but no one really knew how serious it was. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not about to cancel my tour I'm and going. not go. Mm-hmm. You know, the flights were booked. <laughs> you know, tours are planned for months. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going. So flew over there to Berlin. Like I said, everything got canceled literally within 24 hours of me getting there, which was really, really sad and kind of depressing because I was just like, okay, there goes all that money. I just left my job. Then, you know, Trump was like, okay, you know, we're closing the borders, but didn't specify that if you had an American passport, you could come back. So no one knew that. So everyone's blowing me up like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, where are you? That was fine. Like yeah. you know, Berlin is like a, you know, yeah. it's like being in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So you, many yeah. friends, so many yeah, yeah, you yeah did family. Well in Berlin. So <laughs> I was fine, you know. But you know, people just don't. My mom was like, "Oh my god!" Like, um, so yeah, it took me a few days to get home. I had to you know move some stuff around, and again, like all that income was lost from those gigs. And I just remember I came back home like a few days later with my big old suitcase because I was mm-hmm. supposed to be over there for a month. Month. So it came back, and I remember just walking back up. You know, the Uber dropped me off. I'm walking up to my apartment building. I just started crying. Because I was just like, oh my God, like, what? Like, how did this yeah. happen? How am I back in this house already? How am I back? <laughs> okay. So, With anyway. No
0: job and no source of income. Right. Oh my God. How scary is that? So, that scary.
1: I took advantage of all those programs that they had. So, okay. luckily, I did survive. And, um, the, the last interesting part of the story is that um, I actually did get another job after that, because I still I didn't know if DJing was going to truly pick back up in 2021. So in February of 2021, I got a job working online for Square.
0: Uh. Okay, so I won't even I
1: I won't even go into detail, though. But basically, it was a work from home job in their customer success department. But it was basically people just cussing you out and complaining (laughs) all day. And I was like, okay, this is cool. It's work from home. But I'm like, this is not good for my mental health. So I literally quit. I, I did the training for a month. I quit just on the job, like within a week of starting. I quit. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to just get back on my DJ stuff. So a booking agency had reached out to me maybe like a few months prior. And I, I decided not to join because I was like, there's no gigs right now. Yeah. So I was like, I'll join when it makes sense. But this was a really like one of the biggest booking agencies uh, in, the, wow. in North America. Yeah. So I quit the job. I called my accountant. I'm like, hey, let's apply for that PPP loan. So yeah. we did that. Yeah. I called the booking agency and I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to join. Yeah. Join the booking agency. And like, literally, I have been busy. Uh, And then the vaccine came out all around this time, too. (laughs) So it was like the PPP, the vaccine. And, you know, I signed with the booking agency. Yes. So this is like spring. Things are looking good for
0: you in spring. Exactly.
1: Yep. So they started working on bookings for me uh, in the summer, you know, because it was still March. But, you know, bookings happen months in advance. So they were working. I was setting up some stuff on my own. And uh, basically, I've been busy DJing and touring pretty much since Memorial Day weekend.
0: You've been nonstop. Yeah. You are a beast. Yeah, You put your October schedule up. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I slapped my forehead. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, let me see which day. Oh, I might be able to get yeah, it here. Yeah, yeah. Because you are busy. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And, and then, you know, people, it's just not even local. Like it's not even demet it's not even local or national or domestic. It's international. You're out of here. Yeah. You were up in New York just a few weeks ago, right? When you
1: had been Yeah,
0: York. So I'm, I'm, in New York. I'm in New and York. I'm in New York all the time. That's my place. I
1: lo- I love New York. I swear the last time I was there, I was like, I'm about to move here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good now. It was, you know, you had those yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just, but nah. I look at them rent prices yeah. or how much it would cost if you want to buy something. I'm like, nope, you gotta I'm going to stay, stay in. right in yeah, Georgia. You just got
0: to travel in the LaGuardia. Just get that money. And yeah, fly exactly. In.
1: Fly in. And, because get, it's yep. so
0: expensive to stay there. Yeah. But so. you look good there. You look at home. You look oh, good yeah. there. Anywhere you. you go more and you look oh, Thank actually, you. you look like you're at home. Thank you. You just do a really good. You know how job. us
1: Gemini's do. Yeah, we we adapt to our surroundings, so it don't matter. It yeah, wherever matter. I go, I'm gonna make the best yeah, of it you and make get the comfortable. Best of
0: it, and it feels like family wherever you go.
1: It does, especially yeah. with electronic music, because yes. uh, I have so many friends, a part of the community in New York. Yes. Same with LA. Yes. Same with Berlin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting. Like probably just seems like everywhere when you're a part of dance music, there's probably at least one or two people that you could connect with, or they could tell you where to go Mm -hmm. or give you a place to stay or something, you know? Yeah. But it's It's
0: it's going well for you. Producing music. That's something on the horizon for you.
1: So I just came out with the EP. Mm -hmm. So my production is all pretty much collaborative with Mm Stefan. So Stefan is my partner and we have been, yeah, we've been working together (laughs) musically. Um, Um, me too.
0: He's a nice, yeah, guy. And uh, he's good at
1: what he does. He's very, very, he's good. very so good. So good I always did. want to like specify, like even the solo project I did. It's a solo project because I wrote other lyrics and did the vocals. Yes. But in terms of the behind the scenes nuts and bolts of the production, yes. I owe all of that to Stefan. He's very, he's very talented. Yes. He's very sharp, and um, yes. we have a like we have a good little energy, you know, mm-hmm. like when we work in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I think. We both bring something kind of different to the table Mm -hmm. and it works. Um, so yeah, I just had an EP that came out on his label, uh, FWM Entertainment, and it's called the Truth EP. Uh, uh, and it has, uh, three tracks and one of them is a remix, or four tracks and one is a remix by Kyle Say. Like yeah, too, the yeah, yeah. So That's everybody everybody loves the Kyle love, remix. So uh,
0: yes, yes, I love Kai So Kai.
1: to get a remix from him okay. was definitely very special. It's
0: awesome. These are your yeah. people. This is your family. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. This so I, I feel really blessed. Got your
0: back, your front, yeah. your side. You just have nothing but success written all over you. This is an yeah. awesome place for you. Thank you. This is good, and this is a good story. This is good for people to know to have hope because during this pandemic, people started doing things that they loved more of, Right. Um, that they didn't touch or didn't think they would ever have the bandwidth or the opportunity to invest. And so now that we are starting to come back out, people are coming out differently than the way mm-hmm. that they went
1: in. And they're not taking the crap from oh their day jobs wow. no more. They're not taking what? the low pay or anything. And I really like that we're moving into this mm. because it's like, I mean, if you are going to be working a job, maybe that you don't like that, like at least be paying people a living wage. You know, it's crazy just to think how many people still just aren't getting paid a living wage. So it's it is good to see that we're moving into a time where people are a little more interested in follow you know, following their dream and doing something that they actually enjoy doing and making more money Mm -hmm. because it's. Not getting any less expensive to live in America. Not at all. Um, So, yeah, to be able to find something that you like or love to do and it's enough to sustain, you know, your family or your lifestyle or whatever may have you like that. That's a great place to be in.
0: You move in a space of having no regrets. uh, Ashley, what would you tell your younger self, that 14 year old, that eighth grader? What would you tell her uh, uh, today? Now that you know what you've gone through, is there anything that you would tell her for a piece of advice for her to take a different course or do anything differently? Hmm.
1: I would say just don't give up on yourself. Mm. Don't give up. On, not that I ever did, no. but I mean, I won't lie. There were moments where maybe I felt like I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that's keeping it real. Yeah, yeah,
1: just don't give up on yourself. Like if yeah. you're special and you know there's something inside of you that's special and mm. you're meant for greatness, just keep going until you yeah, find it because yeah. that's literally what, where I was at. You know, whether I was going to be, you know, a broadcaster or yeah. whatever, you know, just throughout my life and, uh, my ancestry, you know, mm. my, my grandfather played, he's one of the last living Negro League baseball yeah, players. Like, wow. I come from a very, like, educated, successful black family. And I say that very humbly, but just that in itself always made me realize that I was special and I was supposed mm-hmm. to be doing something special. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. When I had those moments where I was down on myself or just trying to figure it out, you know, like, I kind of always kept a faith that there was something coming. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that it finally came. And it really came for me in my late 20s. So I also realized, like, you can't put a number on these things or a time. You know what I mean? Some people... Find what they're meant to do early on. Some find it later. It's never too late. It's never too late. late. So I would just say, don't give up on yourself and just keep trying at it until you find out what works for you and where you want to be, because that's when you can live authentically and be happy. And that's that's what it's about. That's
0: what that's what's up. That's what's up. And sometimes some of us don't have. That legacy that you've come from, which is amazing. We know collectively as a whole, black people are phenomenal as a a race, as a culture, everything that we do. But then there's these individual family pockets that our dynamics are different. I want to encourage people to find their tribe. Right, yeah. find the people that resonate in the space exactly. that you're trying to get to, so that this way your dreams don't seem so far fetched.
1: Exactly, right? they, be, they become more
0: tangible because people are speaking the language, they're moving in the direction you're trying to get to. So embody yourself with people exactly that are doing what you want to do, or you're doing it already, and they're t- they're doing it at another level or whatever it is. But don't you know? I totally agree. Don't give up on yourself.
1: Exactly, and it's. It's interesting that you say find your tribe because the uh, the article that I just, the most recent article I wrote that was published last week, it was kind of just like a small piece on like five years of DJing, five things I've learned. yes And one of those five things that, was yeah. to find your community, DJ, yeah. find your tribe, yeah. because I did say it made it that much easier for me to get to where I am now in these five years because I was already rubbing elbows, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I always make the point like, don't be on no, like, groupie just trying to get in where you fit in <laughs> but authentically, find your tribe, tribe. support those people, yeah. go check out DJs, support those yeah, people yeah, like, That's I the mean, me. the first time I went to Europe you know, it wasn't to DJ, I went to ADE by myself too, just, to, to, check just to check and out Europe and to just go see yeah. some DJs I liked. Playing. absolutely, so, um, absolutely and you meet people when you do stuff like that, All so you time. never know who you will meet, but yeah, find your tribe find your family your community what's
0: next yeah. for ash
1: Lauren? what's next for you uh what's next for me is just djing uh touring mm-hmm. i'll be going back over to europe again of course making up some of those gigs that were canceled yeah uh, so i'll be doing that next month um, going to columbia oh, uh, doing nice. domestic stuff that's as well that's a new spot that's a new spot um, <laughs> the ep that i just came out uh that's coming out on vinyl Mm -hmm. so that should be here hopefully within about two months depending on how long that takes Mm -hmm. um so you
0: got a big party coming along i see a a sponsored post danny grab it oh yeah yeah okay
1: so yeah that's that's the next atlanta gig uh is it yeah that's the next atlanta gig november 6th
0: for that one yeah that's gonna be dope
1: yeah, that will probably be, like, probably one of my biggest gigs or if not the sole biggest gig I've played in Atlanta. Yes. So I'm very excited. excited
0: about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Some legendary people. Yeah, I
1: was, like, mm-hmm. very, like, honored that they asked me. They yeah.
0: asked you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome.
1: Yeah, so I was like, of course. <laughs> I'm like, when? Well, y'all need me now or what? Because I am come right now. And they were like, no, November 6th, <laughs> you good. Cause, like, I was like, okay, cool.
0: how can people find you ashley how can people find you on social media platforms where are you so
1: i'm on instagram ash underscore lauren Mm. underscore and lauren is l-a-u-r-y-n yeah like lauren hill yeah uh same on twitter Mm -hmm. ash underscore lauren underscore um if you want to check out my blog uh undergroundandblack.com yep yep and tell uh, me, oh SoundCloud, mm-hmm. soundcloud.com dot slash Ash Lauren. I have a gang of mixes, mixes on there, there. Um, and oh, I also good. am still doing my monthly NTS radio show. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the NTS radio website and look up Ash Lauren, and all of the underground and black monthly radio shows are uh, oh, nice. archived there.
0: Nice. One last so, question. Yeah. Any person you want to play with that you haven't already? Oof. That's a loaded. I know. I'm like
1: I hate these on the spot.
0: Who I haven't played with yet? Hmm. Anybody you'd like to play with?
1: Well, I know there's uh, there's a woman called Jada G, mm. who's a DJ. She's Canadian and uh, she's based in the UK. And she's okay. like a big like disco, like soul house ah, music DJ. Ah. Uh, really, really like full of energy, yes. bursting with life uh just cool i haven't we've you know connected online, um but she just seems really, really cool, and she's definitely um a black woman that I've been watching like literally kill it for the past few years, and she's somewhat in my age range um so yeah, I definitely would like to play with her. Uh, I know we're playing a festival together. Uh, soon, but it would be cool just to have yeah. like me and her together too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe maybe i speak that into existence Yes,
0: yeah, I think you just did. I think yeah, you just yeah. did. I think you just did. Promoters, yeah, Promoters, look us up. On, get yeah. at her, get at her, get at her. Come <laughs> on, come on. She's a high commodity. One yes. a, a, another question I wanted to ask mentors, yeah. who are your mentors? Just to give hope to those that want to be aspiring DJs and turntableists and selectors. Who are yeah. your mentors? Who?
1: This is an interesting question because I can't say I have one specific mentor okay. that taught me like everything, but I would say it was a group effort. Okay, um, but if there's honestly any, any two people that I always say, if I did have to say were mentors, it would be uh, Lakuti and Vicky Powell. Nice. And Lakuti, uh, her real name is Lorado Kathy, mm-hmm. and she is a South African DJ um, who also. Uh, runs the booking, the European booking agency that I work with. Uh, so between her and Vicki Powell, I can say those are two people who have really been behind the scenes giving me advice and helping me and, uh, just making sure I'm good. But yeah, Vicki Powell is is a a big name that Mm -hmm. I definitely always like to reiterate. Um, Uh, But I also like to reiterate, too, that, you know, it's a gradual thing, you know, Kai was there, Stefan was there. Um, So I definitely think it's beautiful that, you know, my process was kind of like a family of people, you know, helping along the way. So again, like... You know, I'm just grateful to have people like that in my life that are willing to answer questions and, you know, help yeah. me out.
0: Yeah, B- Vicky is a beast. Uh, she was kind enough to do one of my events for Domestic Violence Awareness at Wild Pitch. Oh, beautiful. Ago. So it was really great to have her. It was an yeah. honor to have, you know, to be in, in the space with legendary people at any time. Exactly. It's a good and feel. And So I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for them, and I'm thankful for you, actually. Thank you so much. You're a beautiful person, talented smart, inside and out. Thank you. And I just want the best for you. Know that there's some, there some people here in Atlanta that we're pulling for you. We're sending you good energy and good vibes. And we just want you to be successful in every aspect of your life.
1: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And just like love to everybody, uh, a part of the Atlanta house music community. Um, just Living in Atlanta these past, like, 12, 13 years, yeah. it's just been, like, really, really beautiful. And connecting with the house music community and getting the support uh, from you and, you know, everyone else alike has been really great. So yeah, thank welcome. you. You're
0: welcome. It's our, <laughs> it's our pleasure. Today, this that's my time. I'm going to slide out of here. But today's show, like I said, is powered by, you know, I like this guy. Kyle say I got it i Kyle say I wear. Yeah. Kyle say I, I, I wear You go out here and get these flying ass glasses. Uh, oh, yeah, that purple. Look at that. That I love that purple. I have purple. purple in the box here yeah I got mine right here in this box. Yeah, like and I'm going so. to get my prescription filled so that I can wear my gla- Look at that Look at Look that. at the Prime little minister. checker. Okay. Yeah, that's Prime Minister. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle say the uh, ocean I, in the back yeah, like yeah. The Kielce, I wear go to Kyle say com and get your glasses. Um, also, I am proud to be one of the sponsors for the Reclamation Project. Um, we had told you to RSVP. The RSVP went live yesterday, and now it is all sold out. <laughs> <laughs> there is no more tickets available. We are asking people that RSVP'd. If you're not able to go, please let us know because we have a wait list. Yes, it's going to be awesome. It is next Saturday, October 23rd, from a, from 7 to 11. For Who She Is, that's the title. And it's all about just embodying and encompassing beautiful women in their art form. It's going to be dope. It is sold out. The RSVP is sold out. Nice. And I am one of the sponsors. And it's absolutely divine events, as well as Lord Yada, Tri-Cities Tattoo, that's where the event is going to be at. Black Women Are My Standard of Beauty, WRF uh, J Films, and Real Chicks Rock. We are sponsoring this event. We are super excited. We couldn't do any of this without you, so we hope you can come, enjoy, and we look forward to seeing everybody in the place next week. Me, you know where I'm at. I'm at Realchicksrock.com. You need to subscribe so you know what's going on because we blog too. We do. We do <laughs> some blogging. We do. And we post all, all of our events on the website too, so you know what we're doing and what's going on and how we're living. And when you miss podcasts, you need to go to the website so you can check them out. Also, I am on uh, Instagram, RealChicksRock as well as Twitter and on Facebook I enjoyed my conversation With Ashley today. She said I could call her yeah.
1: I enjoyed it yeah. as well yeah. 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 I could
0: call her Ashley Yes. Hey. Thanks to all the listeners <laughs> Get Live Radio in the UK, Germany and Paraguay Thank you WDJ Y99.1 FM In the Metro Atlanta, Dallas, Hiram, Pir- Powder Springs and Douglas area Also the On Channel Subscription channel Thank you guys for playing our stuff on that channel and BeatBreakRadioFM.com. That's my time. Until next next time, take care and rock on. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.